1: Heather. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt-Santy, joined today by Emma Tempest, the play coach. Hello, <laughs> how about you? You've been on before, but is there anything you want to say to people who maybe haven't
2: listened before? Um, well, I have moved from the UK to the US and in case you haven't noticed I'm British Um, and I am obsessed with play and trying to get back basically the essence of what play is and instead of having play used as some sort of treat or golden time or if you do this then you get to play and even pushing it a little bit further so that if people are saying they are play-based, but then what they do is playful activities, Uh trying to kind of work out how we can make more time for play in our early childhood environments. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Worthy cause. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you're doing the work. Um, So Emma and I are actually gonna talk today about a quote, uh, starting with this quote, from The book is called From Biting to Hugging, underta- Understanding Social Development in Infants and Toddlers. It's by Donna S. Whitmer and Deanna W. Clausen. Um, I came across this book when I was actually taking an infant-toddler development class last summer. And um, Donna S. Whitmer was one of the authors of the text we were using. And this book came out like during that, um, during that class. So um, just for some reason I stumbled across it. And uh, and have enjoyed it, but anyway, here, here's the quote to start us off before I before I go into ramble mode. <laughs> Too late. Um. So the quote is: commenting on what children are feeling or thinking, just as if you were a mind reader, helps you tune into the feelings of children and help them with peer interactions. Mm-hmm. So first, I want to ask because I sent out uh, to to my co-host email list. Uh, four or five quotes for people to claim. And this is one that you uh, claimed. So I wanted to start by just asking what interested you as you thought about talking about this one.
2: Um, Well, I know that back in England, there's um, a phrase that was coined. I'm not, I can't recall by who, but I remember when I first heard it, I was like, yes, that makes so much sense. And it's called sustained shared thinking. Mm -hmm. So instead of attacking children with questions like what color is that? What are you drawing? Blah, blah, blah. It's more about you modelling what thoughts you have in your head because children don't have thoughts in their head. They think out loud. So (laughs) if you are modelling how to think, not only is it providing them with the language skills and use of vocabulary and all that kind of stuff, it's just a lot more open-ended than a yes-no-based question. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Um i think, not, sorry, go
1: on. No, I was just going to say, I think it's less comfortable for adults than those yes, no questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that um, is also an example of sometimes what we do with young children. We do just because it's easy. Oh yeah. Um, instead of really pushing ourselves Definitely. To, to change our practices into things and ways and methods and techniques right. and that are of
2: better that. benefit. Yeah, I remember back at university, um, doing my teacher training, having a whole box on my lesson plans that said questions. And it was a big deal to think about what questions you were going to ask. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, really? So <laughs> you you're really
1: planning out that. beforehand. I thought you meant like, at first I thought you meant... As the plan unfolds, what questions do you see that you want to explore further? But you're talking about actually beforehand
2: mapping out those yes, no questions (laughs) that
1: you're going to work in.
2: And I'm sure like when I think about my tutors who are hopefully listening because they're awesome, I don't think (laughs) it was a case of write down a list of yes, no questions. I think the point was think about what things might come up. And how you can extend their learning and blah, blah, blah. But I always remember getting really good feedback about, oh, your questions are really good. And now, I often don't think of questions, I think of phrases and statements. And that whole aspect of, what does she call it, mind mindedness, about how you're connecting and tuning into them, it is so much more powerful than just a question. And there's nothing wrong necessarily with questions, but it becomes that kind of drilling of children if it's just bam, 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 question, 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 question. Yeah. I think it comes back to
1: um, why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Why are you asking the questions? If it's to feel like a teacher Mm. or this is how we think we're going to assess what they know. So we're doing pop quizzes all day long um, as opposed to what you described where we're really modeling that internal monologue that we have developed as adults. Right. um, That children are still doing externally um, and and what we say then can that that sort of modeling um, can become their self-talk eventually
2: yeah totally or, and I, I do think do almost I, I can imagine in the future I can mm-hmm. imagine us moving away from that and being more about just play with them uh-huh. because sometimes that's what you should be doing you should just be playing and mm-hmm. I am going to use a should right there because, <laughs> because you should be. Sometimes there isn't a time to sit and think, oh, look, they're painting. I wonder if they know that, you know, yellow and green make blue. Sometimes you should just let yeah. them paint and see what happens. And does it really matter if they know that yellow and green make blue at that sp- specific moment? Right. So. And and why is it of concern to us
1: whether they know if yellow and... <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs>
2: But that's the whole yes, of the podcast. Yes, it is. We'll save them for later. Why i will yeah. just get very angry. You don't <laughs> want to get <hear> that <laughs> yet. <laughs> we'll just tease that yet, for a future sure.
1: episode. So one of the mm-hmm. one of the things I thought about when I read this was. Um, You know, there's a there's a push for modeling vocabulary, as you as you mentioned, and the whole um, million word gap or whatever it is, which that study has actually been shown to be pretty problematic. Um, But at any rate, Mm -hmm. it's part of our it's part of our um, uh, early childhood culture now to think in terms of how many words are children hearing before they go to school. And so there's a tendency sometimes to do too much of this. And, and so mm-hmm. I think what we're looking for is that balance where it's still meaningful and we're still modeling and we we can do it often, but we're not just constantly um, mindlessly prattling on uh, in, in hopes of shoving a bunch of new words into children's brains. Right. It needs to be authentic. Authentic. That's the word that was escaping me.
2: <laughs> yes. Otherwise it is. And I think children, like, I know what it says about helping you tune into the feelings of children, they tune into our feelings too. They know when you're faking yes. it. They know when it's just, oh, that woman's asking me that question again. <laughs> oh. They know. They can sense that you're not actually really interested in what they think and what they feel. They know.
1: Right. So we're it's sort of demeaning sometimes with children yes, to, definitely. to assume that we can just... Um, trick them into believing something that we aren't really being <laughs> authentic about. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, oh, I had something and it's gone. Say something quick. I don't remember okay. what I was going to well, say. Well, um,
2: the, 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 the part about, um, it's on the next page of the, the screenshot uh-huh. that you sent me. Um, it says, you know, just as if you're a mind reader. And I think sometimes we have to be careful that we will never, ever, ever know what is going on in somebody else's mind, adults and children. Yes. And even if you ask them, their answer still might not actually be what is going on mm-hmm. in their head, because they might be kind of, how can I word this, they might be adjusting it based on what they think you want to hear. Sure.
1: Or what they Does have
2: the experience to connect
1: like, like, they, yes, exactly. they may just really not have experienced enough
2: to be able to really tell us right. what they're thinking or feeling. Yes. Um And when I think about unconscious um, discipline, one of the things that one of like the phrases that you can say when children are upset is you seem angry, you seem sad, or you look mad, uh-huh. you look, you know, upset because you're essentially guessing. What they're feeling and then giving that vocabulary to say yes that's exactly what I'm feeling right now and that opens the discussion of you understand me. I, you know what I'm doing right now, and I need you to help me get through
1: it. Yeah, and so that's actually what I had thought of and then stopped
2: or couldn't remember. So wonderful. Oh. Good job. Um, you. So maybe, maybe Heather, maybe I just did some so mind-mindedness sick. and got into We're your so brain in tune.
1: and put that out. <laughs> no, but I was, That's what I was going to get to in terms of using <laughs> this technique to help children with their social and emotional development. Specifically, of course we want to um, model that emotion language, but we do have to be careful because we, we don't know, you know, there's, there's one little boy who was in my preschool class last year who, um, was, you know, just would feel big emotions and would respond in big ways. And, um, I would say, Oh, I, I think you're angry. Or I would say to another child, he's angry, but he'll be okay in a minute. Um, and uh he he would say i am not angry <laughs> and he would be Aww. so And that would just add to his strong feelings that i was getting it wrong yeah. um so that's sort of an extreme example but i think there are times that we assume anger we assume sadness we assume we know what's going on instead of just saying um it seems like or it looks like or or even just how can i help you or this seems yes. like a big feeling <laughs> how can
2: I help you mm-hmm. so I had a, a similar child um it was a girl a couple of years ago who anytime I would say anything like uh you seem such and such or even just oh and you know like taking a deep a deep breath it was almost like a trigger for her <laughs> she was like I know what you're doing." You're trying to make me feel better, and I don't like it. I want to feel angry. And it took me a whole shift in mindset to... Because I I am already a believer in that we shouldn't save children and rescue them from their emotions. But for her, it was a step further than that. It was she had to get it out, and she had to have someone there, but not in her face, giving her these strategies to deal with it. It was more like... I'll be here, over here, a bit further away. But I got you. Like, you're okay, but you're not okay. <laughs> but you will be okay.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, pretty cat. Sorry, Emma's got a cat walking along behind her. <laughs> totally hijacking my my brain.
2: You can look on their Facebook page, at <laughs> American Tails. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do it for the likes. And oh there's yeah, really a new kitten there too. She's really cute. Ago. Anyway,
1: um, I think that's where going back to what you said about our, us being authentic about our own emotions. If, if we're if we're looking at this quote specifically to social and emotional development, then I think it's way more effective for us to label our own emotions and talk through our own processes in an mm-hmm. authentic way um, than to try and
2: guess what their emotions are. And, mm-hmm. and I, I tried to um once once the. The big emotion has gone and they're a lot calmer i often try and give them an example of when i have felt like that if only not to just distract them away from their feeling but to let them know that adults go through that kind of crap too because if you're the smiley happy go lucky teacher who is always you know sunshines and rainbows and unicorns which <laughs> is pretty much me like 99 of the time if you don't show those feelings of do you know what, I'm really sad right now because I had an argument with my husband or, you know, my cat's sick or, you know, if, the, if you're coming into school and holding those feelings in, which to a degree, you know, it's good, it's a good idea to do. You don't want to go in and be, like, <laughs> completely depressed and miserable, but, you know, if you're not having a good day, it's okay to tell, say that to the children and say, you know what, I've got a bit of a headache this morning. What do you think I could do to make me feel a bit better? Mm-hmm. And they, they are really resourceful. You know, they'll right. go get they'll you drinks of water. They'll their play a game you. with you. They'll give you a big <laughs> hug. And, yeah, exactly. And if anything, it's kind of, it is a good way to assess where they are at in terms of, oh, actually, they do have a lot of resources that they can use and a lot of strategies. But even as adults, I know that mm-hmm. I, I have a massive tattoo on my forearm and it says, this too shall pass. Uh (laughs) Not just that, it has other stuff, it's not just words, this too shall pass. But it's that feeling of, as adults, I've had moments where I've completely broken down and been really upset, really pissed off, complete emotional stress. Mm -hmm. But I handled it eventually. I wasn't expected to you know, in two minutes, and we'll right. be okay, and everybody carry on reading <laughs>
1: right. a story. And, it like doesn't that. I don't know. I think we slip into um, uh, autopilot, teacher mode. I mean, there's all these little catchphrases that, as a mm-hmm. as a culture, we, we slip in, and you're okay, or you'll be fine. You know, those kinds of things are not. You know, I'm sure no one mm-hmm. is thinking. I don't care about this child's feelings, so I'm just going to dismiss him or. Um, I don't have time for this right now. Consciously, they may not be processing it in that way. And it's just because this is our habit to say Mm -hmm. fine.
2: Um, Well, that goes back uh to what you were saying about um, with Tamar about the whole Uh it's okay not to be okay. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to be hurting yourself. You don't want to be hurting others. So let's find a way we can get through this in a safe way but if I as an adult like if Paul, if Paul <laughs> said to me you seem angry <laughs> I, I would be like yeah <laughs> and I've done some punches like that oh. but sometimes him just being there just you know holding my hand or just letting me cry or mm-hmm. even saying like you said you know what can mm-hmm. I do to help you right now yeah it's huge it's massive and I'm an adult that understands those feelings imagine being two three four yeah you think yeah i like you know, the end
1: of the say, world um or i often say yes. you know don't talk to a child in a, in a way that you wouldn't talk to your partner or friend or whatever and i i, I do I, I believe that a hundred percent we say a lot of things to children that would be just rude or demeaning or dismissive mm-hmm. to children but i think that there's a balance too because we are helping them you know, develop and, and I, so we just need to be really mm-hmm. mindful about and intentional about it and, and be very careful if we find ourselves slipping into those autopilot kind of behaviors to pull, our, to, to be able to pull ourselves back out of it um, or the pop quizzing. You know, it's so easy to do. Um, that even people who are usually very intentional about it can slip into it. I definitely do. Um, So it's, it's not to say that you're a terrible person who shouldn't be in the room with children. If you sometimes engage in those kinds of, of, of uh, behaviors, the ability to, to be reflective about it and to be intentional about it. Yeah. And a lot
2: of it comes, I think with just practice. And I always think like I've, toddlers are kind of my um, lower end of where I can tolerate my patience level um, <laughs> infants are just terrifying to me I, just, I can't even but I always mm-hmm. think about the changing the diaper story where you're talking about you know oh look at you you're helping me lift your top mm-hmm. up and you do all those out loud thoughts to build that relationship to build communication but think about that child in their head. Yes. <laughs> or not because uh-huh. they don't think in their heads, but you know what I mean. The feeling of connectedness and trust yes. and, and oh I really experience. enjoyed this time together. It builds on. Yeah. yeah. And it adds up and adds up and adds up. And I think that comes back to the the yeah. assuming good attention part of this book. Um, you know, if somebody is <laughs> throwing a chair at you <laughs> You're, it's hard to assume a good intention there but that doesn't mean that they're actually throwing it specifically at you and to a degree even if they are throwing it specifically at you there's probably a good if, for reason the, yes. <laughs> yeah Who's... right like maybe good's not the right word but there is there is an intention behind their action and if for you to just assume that it's bad or negative or towards you. Because they hate you. Right. There's something right. else and the, burden, the
1: greater burden of a responsibility for figuring that situation out is on us. We have decades of experience <laughs> that we can use to help us navigate those kinds of situations. Where the child who threw the chair may have, you know, 36 months of experience on the earth to figure out. Yes,
2: I love thinking that. Yes, I'm I do ages too. I months, do too. It just blows my mind and. Especially when when I think about, so in schools in England, you start um, when you're four, but um, it's basically that the school year from September to July is when you turn five, but some kids turn five August 31st, so they are literally, like, 12 months less. (laughs) than the kid that turned one, that, that mm-hmm. turned five on September 1st. But they're expected to have the same outcomes and the yeah. same experiences. And as soon as you break it down into months, you're like, oh, hang on. That's a, a, a whole chunk right. of time that they've not had. Yeah, and it, but again, it's kids.
1: without that intentionally... Uh, stopping and thinking in those w- ways, we slip into those habits of standardization that we've that we've got. I think mm-hmm. y- your diaper example and, and what you've just been saying reminds me of another um, benefit to this sort of, um, what did you say, shared, sustained? Sh- oh, I have it right thinking. here. I looked at it and then said it wrong and asked you what it was. <laughs> sustained shared thinking is, it keeps us in the moment. As, as the adults and the teachers. So yes. when, even those pop quiz kinds of questions or the assumptions about feelings can be very robotic. Um, and But if we are looking for those more authentic ways, really looking at what we see the child doing and commenting on that, or just talking through what we're doing, play, playing next to them and mm-hmm. talking out loud about what we're doing with no agenda, um, really helps keep us in the right. moment focused on what we need to be doing and what that child might need from us or not need from us um, mm-hmm. which can deepen our work and, and I think um, oh, yeah. make it more enjoyable on those really difficult days um, that we all have
2: for sure I mean if you're not enjoying your job <laughs> it's kind of up to you to, to take control of that Um, you know I have jobs where it's been an absolute nightmare and it's been awful stressful but there's always some it sounds really cheesy but there's always (laughs) something in every day that makes you go like oh that was awesome and 9 times out of 10 it'll be a child it'll be a comment from a child it'll be something funny they did it'll be you know a nice comment from a parent whatever the stressful Uh thing that's going on you can find that intentional time to be yeah. with the children to just not forget you're a teacher as such, but to actually just remember that it's their yes. childhood. It's not just a yeah. school learning time. This is a human being's life. And if you can make it better for five minutes, yeah. I am, I'm, I'm down with that.
1: So I think what I hear you saying is in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Is that a
1: real quote? is from that. the original Mary Poppins movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right before she starts better. singing, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. I just watched it. I just had a house full of nieces and great nieces and we had to watch the original oh. Mary Poppins. Um, so anyway, now that's what's in my head. And I, sorry, not sorry. I'm no, not that's
2: sorry. good. That needs to be like there my tagline. I need to. Well, use you that. did. So, what did More. you say
1: when you introduced yourself as a nanny on some online situation you said oh, yeah more poppins <laughs> than super or something like that <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I which I that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so let's think are we do we do we have any other parts of this this quote that we wanted to get to or things we wanted to touch on or
2: the only thing that I was I was going to mention um, was the the conscious discipline thing so when they say you've seen whatever one of the strategies that they try and use is they'll say, you seem sad. And then they'll say, your shoulders look like this. And you do the action. Or your fists look like this. And you show, this is not good for a podcast. I just realized that.
1: We have very talented (laughs) listeners. I'm sure they they can pull up a mental
2: image of what you're describing. But you, the word of this is used so that it encourages the child to look at you. Whereas if you say, what they're actually oh, sure. doing they've got no reason to make that eye contact to make that you know curiosity of oh what do you think she's doing kind of thing and i do think that's kind of a a mind-mindedness uh-huh. strategy to show them that you kn- you notice them you yeah. see them
1: and gives them practice recognizing social cues like that gives them then they can yes. they can recognize it in themselves but then also in others
2: yes i read um, a book from the library called um when Sophie's feelings are really, really uh, hurt, I, I have. I if you know that Sophie gets really, really angry, I have exactly. that one. Same Sophie. Yes, this one, when Sophie gets really, really uh, hurt. Well, well her uh-huh, feelings uh-huh. or something. Um, and it's it's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. Um, by Molly Bang, and she, which is the greatest <laughs> name ever, Molly Bang. Come on. <laughs> um, and the basic story is they they go to school and the teacher gives them a, a project of. Um, but the girl, oh there's my cat knocking something over. That's okay. I'm sorry uh, <laughs> she gives them a, a challenge of painting a tree from memory, so they all go home she goes and finds this tree which is her favourite tree and she describes it and it's beautiful and it makes her feel really calm and she climbs up to the top of it and she feels really happy and just wonderful so then they go to school the next day and she gets all the paints out and they're all painting their individual memories of the, their favourite tree. And her tree is a beech tree. So it's grey, it's wide at the bottom and thin at the top. The branches go straight out and then curly. And as she's painting it, she realises that because it's grey, it just looks a bit sad. And it doesn't emote the feelings that she gets <laughs> from it. So she feels really upset and she doesn't really know what to do. And then she has an idea. So she paints the tree turquoise blue. Beautiful. So as she's painting this blue as I would say, tree um, she is feeling really happy about it she's feeling good and then she goes oh, but what am I going to do about the sky because if the tree's blue I can't do the sky blue because it'll just all mesh together so she paints it orange. So there's this orange sky blue tree, she paints a yellow line around all the branches so that it's shining and beautiful and she paints all the little animals that she saw in the tree and then one of the other kids, Andrew, <laughs> <laughs> looks at her painting and goes, "Sophie, you've painted it all wrong and wrongs in like uppercase." Oh no! <laughs> and, and he's like, "Trees aren't blue, and you play, you've painted a goofy orange oh. sky." <laughs> and then this is the worst bit: all the other children at the table started to look over and giggled and whispered, <gasps> Damn it, "Andrew." So what? she's, like, yeah, right. So she's clearly no. upset. But then the, um, the, the and she hates her painting. She hates it, hates it. Mm. So her teacher comes over, and this, I love this teacher. She's amazing. She comes over and she says, what's happening here? <laughs> Just a wonderful open. Yes. What's happening here? And she basically guides them through a conversation of, Hearing Andrew saying she's painted it wrong. Trees aren't blue. We're supposed to paint what they look like. But then she says to Sophie, tell me about your picture, basically. Mm-hmm. And she says, this is how the tree makes me feel. It makes me feel wonderful. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel safe. And the more she allows Sophie to talk, it actually says Sophie's voice gets stronger. Uh-huh. So she feels more heard. So then they look at Andrew's picture and Andrew's picture is another tree I think it's a, oh I can't remember now what it is, maybe a fir tree or something like that and he talks about how the, I think it's pine maybe the pines are spiky and pokey and he talks about the roots on his tree, it's kind of on a hill and the roots are clinging onto the hill and that's what Sophie says and she says something like, um, oh your roots are clinging onto the hill like it never wants to let go and then the teacher says, oh yes Maybe that's that's something that Andrew feels about his tree And I'm just like This teacher is amazing <laughs> She's so good And then she holds up the two pictures together And she, the teacher says something about how this tree They're both, they're both artists Both artists have, have made their pictures of their tree But then use things to show you how they feel about it And then all the other children They all put their paintings on And they all look at each other's and she even says, like, take inspiration from some of these pictures for what you might want to paint next time. And I'm like, I want to be in this teacher's class. This <laughs> right, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> right? And then at the end, Sophie goes home with her beautiful painting and she goes and visits the tree. And the last line of the book is, Sophie just really enjoys being oh. Sophie. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm just like, this is the best That's book amazing. in the world. Like, it's just so yeah. beautiful. But it's
1: so yes. powerful. And does a lot of that kind of modeling it sounds like that we just were talking about so yes it's really good um well i'm gonna have to check it out now because it's about time for me to start thinking about what focus books we're going to be using for uh for my preschool year so i'm gonna have to go check that one out too because it sounds more fun (laughs) than when sophie gets very angry or whatever the other one is sounds definitely like more fun
2: it definitely helps with those in-between feelings of, I'm not quite angry, but I'm uh-huh. more than sad. Right. And especially when it's caused mm-hmm. by another person. And, and the idea that that we overlook
1: when we're trying to label emotions and give children emotion language is that there always there isn't always a word for what we're yes. thinking and feeling, exactly. um, regardless of our experience level. Sometimes it's just there just isn't a word for, for that particular middle right. ground that we're <laughs> in, so... Alright. Well thank you, Emma. I'll let you go see what your cat knocked over.
2: I have a feeling it might be treats because I can hear <laughs> crunching. Right on. <laughs> Good cats. I apologize to your listeners Good if cats. all you can well, hear is Well, nom, well nom, now nom, that's nom. what we
1: hear, but I didn't hear I didn't hear the <laughs> cats, but now we we'll end on that. <laughs> Thanks again, Emma. Thanks everyone thank for listening. And Next
0: that's the show. Now go get your Hi. nerd on.